My friends, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so glad you are here. My name is Donna, and this is the introductory episode to a podcast called The Spiral Path. This podcast is a venue where my sister Diana and I can share some ideas and possibilities, some practices and understandings that we have gained once we begin seeking. Seeking what? Higher, deeper, and broader truth. Specifically, we have been studying truth that goes beyond our human illusion or delusion. (laughs) This lifetime that seems so very solid and real, and yet the further scientists experiment with things like quantum mechanics, they report that everything we're so certain exists can be reduced to particles of light and then reduced again to simply information. So we have studied truth that both transcends these human lifetimes and also encompasses them at a level that answers questions like, why are we here? Or why does our world seem to offer so much pain? Or maybe, how can we make the most of these experiences that we call a life? As an introduction, I want to talk about my own seeking journey, what is truth, and 1,000-piece puzzles. Most people who teach, write books, host seminars, or share in any way are really just trying to provide others with shortcuts. And I am no different. Diana is no different. All that we share is so that you, so that others can learn from our learnings and experiences instead of repeating the same footwork. This is how evolution speeds up, yes? I was born into a very complete set of beliefs. At first, they were my parents' beliefs, and then other beliefs tagged on to those from the white, conservative culture that I lived in, from the very fundamentalist Christian churches that we attended when I was young, and the slightly more liberal churches we attended as I got older. The Christian schools that I grew up in offered me their specific beliefs in every subject of my education. My friends and teachers in high school and college and up into young adulthood even all shared their similar beliefs with, at the most, a somewhat different slant than mine had. So as an adult, I ended up with very, very specific beliefs about everything from mothering and marriage to God, politics, morals, even what humanity's history has been and why we're all here and where we're all going. Now, I had at times questioned many of these beliefs because of things I had experienced along the way and because the logic lined up less and less as I got older. Eventually, I came to realize the incredible shame and fear beneath the systems I had grown up in, and I made a conscious choice to drop most of the beliefs I had and to begin seeking. I became very determined to find truth, even though it made me uncomfortable, even though everyone that I had known thought I was maybe crazy or a sinner because their beliefs were enough for them, uncomfortable for them, or true for them. But mine weren't any of those things for me, not anymore. My seeking felt crazy. 
I literally had no reference points. So I just began to learn things that I didn't know and experience new people and places and even ways of being until I gained different understandings. I didn't just automatically believe anyone else's beliefs anymore, and I slowly discovered that I have this internal filter that guides me, this sort of compass that helps me feel my way into energetic truths or ideas that are love-based versus those that are not. That first three years of my seeking felt like I was adrift in a tiny little boat on a vast endless ocean and there was no shore, nowhere to land, nowhere to anchor, and I didn't even know what direction to go in or what I might find out there, if anything. I only knew where I had come from. And although I looked back from time to time, I never turned back. It has been quite a long journey and is still ongoing And I have been blessed and given so much, um, shown wondrous things and experienced great, great beauty. I want to share a quote from one of my favorite books, Emmanuel's books. This is Emmanuel's book three. Each of you holds secluded within you somewhere that holy moment when the time clock of the soul's journey says, Now it's time to reverse direction and head for home, end quote. For me, this sums up that moment, that moment when I decided to reverse my direction and to head towards home. So what is truth? Truth is a word that I have used a few times already and will probably use again. So I think it's important that we put some definitions around it. Now, if you and I were to sit down around my kitchen table and were to each of us share what our definition of truth was, I think that it might be a little different. I think that if we sat down with seven people around the kitchen table, we might end up with seven slightly or even very different definitions of truth. Is truth what we are told by someone that we respect or love? Is it what the majority of people decide on as truth, or what ancient history tells us? Is it what we experience with our senses? And does believing something make it true? The thing that I have found about truth is that it is relative. It's subjective. It is slippery and malleable, and I don't particularly like this. I would prefer concrete, same thing is true for everybody truths. Maybe it is my religious upbringing that wants a safe certainty or an inarguable black and white. But here is the maddening and beautiful part of truth. I can say something is true, and you might agree, but then more times than not, we can turn that upside down and discover that the exact opposite is also true. We call this a paradox when two opposite things are both equally true. And paradox is part of truth because truth has to accommodate free will. Free will is a foundational, universal, what I would call a God law. So then I went to the English language dictionary to see how 
that defines truth. And I found that in all the ones I looked at, there were three primary ways that truth was defined. The first says, in accordance with facts or reality, which to me is kind of our experience as told by our senses, somewhat of an individualized truth maybe, or um, a truth that is a matter of perception. The second definition says authenticity or unhidden things, which might be being as genuine as possible and also brings up the question, perhaps, does truth change or evolve as we do then? The third definition said fidelity to an original or standard, a fact or belief that is agreed upon or accepted as true which would uh, point to if a collective decides that something is true, then according to this definition, that makes it so. When talking about truth, the subject of open minds and closed minds might come up. See, once we decide that something is true, we are taught to turn that into a belief. And beliefs keep us from seeing anything other as truth. As a species, we are not very good at letting each unique individual have their own unique truths. We kind of turn it into an ugly game of who's right and who's wrong. And in doing this, we forego so much beauty in life, so much connection and growth, just so that we can be right and stay unmovable in our beliefs that sometimes we've even lost the original truths of. So this whole truth process might possibly begin with open minds and closed minds. And it has been my experience that an open mind tends to be a matured mind. So often open minds seem well-used or travel-worn, creased and stretched and possibly aged. These minds have learned a thing or two, usually the hard way. And this in no way has to do with human ages either. I have met 10-year-olds with closed minds and 10-year-olds with open minds. I've met teenagers and young adults and 50-year-olds with both closed minds or open minds. I've met 80-year-olds and 90-year-olds with closed minds and with open minds. It is a state of mind that could also be described as aware or unaware, or maybe asleep or awake. The closed mind would then be the inexperienced or the immature mind. And I'm not knocking closed minds. We have all experienced it. Some of us longer and perhaps narrower than others. The closed mind is still learning at that level, and it needs the comfort of the familiar and the well-defined or the concrete still. William Ralph Inga says, The fruit of the tree of knowledge always drives man from some paradise or other. So when I use this word truth, I am holding space for all of this. Especially, though, I have in mind the paradoxical nature of truth. From the perspective of those who have maybe heard us ramble on about our latest and greatest learnings, I have got a lot to share, and Diana has a lot to share. And yet, I feel like a college freshman 
(laughs) You remember that day of fall semester after you've settled into a full schedule of classes, that day that you're sort of longing for high school because you were certain you knew everything then. (laughs) And now you actually see the breathtaking amount of knowledge that humanity has been amassing for millennia. And you realize you have a very limited amount of time to ingest this (laughs) and you're supposed to appreciate learning a thimbleful of what is actually out there. Yes, that is how I feel more days than not. Beyond humanity's knowledge is a cosmos of beings and realities and endless, endless creation. So these concepts and possibilities that Diane and I are going to share have come to us like a thousand-piece puzzle. My mother-in-law, who is passed on now, introduced me to mega puzzles, those with a thousand or fifteen hundred or even more pieces. She loved putting puzzles together with the grandchildren or even by herself, and there seemed to always be one in progress at her house. So I'd get sucked into it, of course, because it's very satisfying to watch a gorgeous nature scene or maybe a nostalgic vignette appear as I found the next right piece. My seeking has felt like that, only I haven't had a big picture to go by, and what has appeared and is appearing is a lovely surprise. So as I get pieces of information, I try them and test them to see if they fit, if they match the rest of the picture. And this is a process of not just intellectual examination, but feeling feeling into the truth of something, and more than anything else, testing it by holding it up to the light of love. So where does my puzzle pieces, my information and understandings come from? Well, intellectual learning and lived experiences and hearing others' lived experiences. I have read uh, several thousand books and articles. One of the most wonderful things that came out of my uh, childhood Christian education was we were actually trained to be speed readers. We, were, we, we used what was called the reading machine every day. So being a speed reader, I read two to three books a week. And then, of course, I listen to podcasts by great teachers and attend workshops and lectures and seminars. And then I have dream journeyed and visioned and I meditate every day, and have experienced many energetic practices and healings. I have listened to the stories and belief systems of diverse people, people that are very, very different than I am, as well as people that are more like I am. I've also worked in corporate America with taxes and finance, and managed various demographics of people in office environments, serving clients at their high and low moments. And then I've worked in law enforcement with crime and intelligence and both the darkness and the great, great light of humanity. I am a parent that has made it through babies and toddlers and all the way up to college age, successfully, I think, I am debt-free, even the mortgage, and I mention this because it is somewhat of a rarity I have discovered. 
And we are debt-free not because we have at any time in life gotten big paychecks, but because I am married to a man who fervently believes in managing money well and the peace that that can bring. I have been married to the same man over two decades. And let's see, what else? I have taken teen groups, groups of teenagers to other countries on evangelical missions trips. So although I no longer participate in Christianity or any other religion, the experiences that came out of this specifically, traveling with teenagers and going to other countries, are still so very valuable today. I have studied other religions, and I have life-coached homeless people. And wow, what a treasure that was. That served to bring up beliefs that I held that I didn't even realize I had. To bring up to the surface um, ideologies that needed examining and then either getting rid of completely or very much restructuring, overhauling them, (laughs) replacing them with better, more compassionate ideologies and belief systems. I have recovered from a traumatic childhood, and I am fairly psychic, as are an increasing percentage of humanity. Looking back, I think seeing and hearing and feeling things that very few seemed to at the time actually introduced many of my initial questions. So this is a bare, bare sketch of what some of my experiences have been, just to give you an understanding of where I started from and some of the things that have influenced my expanding pictures of God and of humanity and souls and before and after life, our purposes on earth and all that earth life contains. And of course, these pictures continue to grow and morph as my understanding does. Thich Nhat Hanh says, Do not think that the knowledge you presently possess is changeless absolute truth. Avoid being narrow-minded and bound to present views. Learn and practice non-attachment from your views in order to be open and receive others' viewpoints. Truth is found in life and not merely in conceptual knowledge. Be ready to learn throughout your entire life and to observe reality in yourself, in the world, at all times. End quote. One more thing that had a big impact on this path of seeking. Several years ago, Diana and I got this idea of writing a fiction series of books set in Atlantis. And at the time, Atlantis was just a fairy tale to us. But as we began to research Atlantis, we quickly found there is a great body of evidence out there that not only Atlantis, but other ancient and very advanced civilizations have existed. So researching Atlantis for the book series was another path that led us to larger perspectives based on very ancient knowledge. And when our extremely diverse sources or experiences offered the same information and stories and conclusions, that is when we incorporated it as a piece to the puzzle. So we have collected and organized and discerned and connected puzzle pieces, and we will explain the pictures that have emerged, 
but we are not the source of them. Information comes through us. Information comes through me, but this should not be confused as coming from me. I do take full responsibility for what I allow to come through me, and it is filtered through the highest vibration of love. However, much that is offered, I do allow to fall away because it is based on something other than love and free will or because it just doesn't agree with any of the other information that has come. To give you an idea of some of the many great and beloved teachers that I have had, Dolores Cannon and her thousands of clients, the Raw Law of One books, Elizabeth Lesser, Richard Rohr, Julia Cameron, Anthony DeMillo, Rob Bell, Marina Michaels, Colonel James Churchward, the Buddha, Elizabeth Gilbert, Kyle Cease, Jose, Lena, and Anna Stevens, Tara Brock, Jesus, Brene Brown, Thich Nhat Hanh, Debbie Ford, the Dalai Lama, the Pope, and many others. I'm going to stop there. We will cite uh, in specific subject matter, of course, the quotes and the ideas and where they came from, if, if we know the original uh, source. Diana will speak about some of the same subjects that I do because she has additional information or a different way of explaining, and some topics we will present together. With each topic, we will offer a basic understanding or an overview, and then we will create additional episodes based on the questions that you ask. At the end of each episode, we will provide additional resources for you to study deeper into the subject if you want to. Please, please, please be free to take what you need and leave the rest. We are simply offering these concepts and possibilities freely as a gift of gratitude for all that has been given to us. In closing, I want to share this quote from Socrates. Socrates says this about seeking and truth. Most people, including ourselves, live in a world of relative ignorance. We are even comfortable with that ignorance because it is all that we know. When we first start facing truth, the process may be frightening and many people run back to their old lives. But if you continue to seek truth, you will eventually be able to handle it better. In fact, you want more. It's true that many people around you now may think you are strange or even a danger to society, but you don't care. Once you've tasted the truth, you won't ever want to go back to being ignorant." End quote. We invite you to connect with us via our website. Our author website is ddadair.com. That's ddadair.com. And you can go there to ask your questions or request additional topics. You can also learn more about our Atlantis book series and sign up if you are at all interested to get an email notification when we release those books. We plan to publish the complete trilogy this year, spring of this year in 2018, which is very, very exciting. Thank you for your time. Blessings on you. Blessings on your day.